You were listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 175, Side A. Side A. is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. This is a side A episode, which means we will talk about pop culture, entertainment news, movies, music, books, our state of Florida, and whatever else caught our eye this week. My name is Jingle Magic Mountain, and I am joined by Romper the Blessed, don't everybody Hi. rush at once to take ownership of that. Hi, I'm Romping. And Rainbow Dreamweaver. Ooh, your, weave, your dreams are now woven. Oh, thank you. He's a Dreamweaver. Uh, uh, Rob, we can't afford that. Oh, shit. It has to be completely butchered before anyone to... Under- to... <laughs> you cannot sing that well. Yeah, not allowed. You have to uh, oh, well, right, perhaps send it to a friend of ours and have her <laughs> sing it for you. As this week, we are going to talk about the new Amazon original film coming to America. The award show darling Nomadland. And Scholar of Magic. The third a- book in the series by Michael G. Manning. And maybe Raya and the Last Dragon, if we have time. We'll see. Mayhaps. Mayhaps. Maybe. We're not sure. If not, it's next week. So. Well, uh, that's, yeah. Uh, Spoilers. The reason why we may or may not talk about Raya and the Last Dragon is that uh, someone that really wants to see that movie hasn't seen it yet. That will be in on this whole podcast. Hint. It's Jimmy. Yeah. But... And I can just as easily step away from the microphone. So that's fine. Time permitting. Yeah. We'll talk about that film. But anyway, so we we do spoil things because we review stuff. And if I'm all like, yeah, I really didn't like the part where this happened. uh, And then you're going to be all pissed off that I mentioned the part when something happened. So it's up to you if you want to review. We usually do try to avoid the big time twists, but there will be little twists. What a twist. Little tweets. So, guys, I have some very, very exciting news. Oh, excite me, Jimmy. Excite me. I will try. Have you both seen the film Turbo Kid? Yes. No. That's unfortunate. (laughs) The cult classic... Turbo Kid, a film that I very much enjoyed, and I know Greg did as well. Yep. Beautiful box set version of that. Yeah. A film set in a uh, alternate 1997 post-apocalyptic story of a young man who inherits great power. There's lots of gore, and Michael Ironside is in it. Ooh. The game is... From Outer Minds, based off of the movie, Turbo Kid, this is a a direct quote, Turbo Kid is a Metroidvania with large (laughs) and diverse environments. You know, that's funny because I I had pinned it as a, after seeing the trailer, to me it looks like Excite Bike meets Ninja Gaiden. So it's a traditional side-scroller. It is. Excellent. It's very much in the style of our beloved Pixel Classics. Um, Contra? Contra, yes. Uh, Metroid, Castlevania. Yes. All of the above. Uh, It promises diverse environments, rad BMX tricks, and a heartwarming story. There's going to be copious amounts of low-res gore. Excellent. RKSS Films. The collective behind the film itself is working with Outer Minds directly on the game, and so is 
Le Matos, who made the film's absolutely amazing retro synth-heavy soundtrack. The game will be released in 2022. Now, hopefully, that will coincide with just big fingers crossed here at Turbo Kid 2. Uh, so we will see. That is only speculation on my part. Mm, but the game looks awesome. You can check it out at TurboKidTheGame.com. It's interesting that you say that, and I did not put this on the news, but I'm going to now. Uh, also this afternoon, uh, I saw another game that's getting a release. And I found it a weird way because I found a track of Mike Patton singing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle song. And it's awesome. I already like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle theme song. Mike Patton singing it makes Which one? it better. The, the original animated series. The one that we know? Yeah. The good old Heroes in a Half Shell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Turtle Power? Yes. I have to correct myself quickly. Turbo Kid Game dot com not oh a game dot com yes yeah, sorry go ahead mike patton mike patton singing well, that you know who that is yeah uh, mike patton of no. course the lead singer of uh faith no more which might not still help him but i'm not gonna sing no more, tomahawk mr bungle um he did a weird concept album where uh he and the dillinger escape plan covered aphex twin um mike patton's an interesting dude he also he's a, voiced the main character from the game, The Darkness. Yeah. So I didn't even realize this was for a video game. I just wanted to hear Mike Patton sing that song. And at the end, it turned out that it was actually a trailer for a re-release of the arcade-style Ninja Turtles game. Uh, this one, I think, is called Revenge of Shredder. Yes! And, okay. And so the arcade-style awesome. game, not the impossible NES game where you died to electric seaweed. Uh, yes, the one that I never got past the second level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. game was hard as shit. Game was ass. Where you could be a turtle and drown. Yeah. Yeah. Who the hell does that shit? Yeah. So either way, I, I saw that. It looked really cool. Uh, I was looking for different types of news today because we always we tend to do sci-fi news. And it's always like, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, Disney, that kind of stuff. Uh, so it was Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles, yeah. So I added that in there. Perfect. But... One, I did want to talk a little bit about some music stuff, uh, and I found some cool two new releases, um, one of which there's going to be a Tina Turner documentary on HBO. Mm. And uh, the recent okay. documentaries on HBO about celebrities have, have really gone to show that um, you know they're not going to make a documentary about anyone whose life was wonderful and perfect. Uh, it's going to be people that have been horribly abused and whatnot. But of course, the people involved the people, the celebrities involved are telling their own story. So it's not like they're going outside of the bounds there. But we heard a lot about Tina Turner back when we did our interview with, um, with Timmy, Timmy Cabello. Yeah. And My it man. was, and we didn't even expect that. We wanted cool Lost Boy stories. And he was telling us awesome, you know, stories about Tina Turner and how she runs the, how she runs her shows and how, you know, her professionalism and all that stuff. And I'm very interested in this documentary as a result of that. Um, you know, she said her words, the way that the trailer opens up says, I had an abusive life. There's no other way to tell this story. Uh, it's going to be directed by Dan Lindsay and TJ Martin. Don't really know much of them, but, uh, Angela Bassett will be not in it cause it's not a movie, but it's like a doc, you know, we'll be interviewed. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, Tina Turner, uh, Kurt Loder, who was covering music on a smaller scale. This is before he went on to MTV. Um, as well as, uh, Turner's current husband. So it looks really interesting. And this is kind of the beginning, the past year or so has been the beginning of all of these documentaries about musicians that are coming out because the Elton John movie was so uh, popular, Rocket Man, and uh, the Freddie Mercury movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. So we're getting a lot of these stories. So like, there's, there's movies out there about people that I generally wouldn't care about, but they're so well done. Like, There's a Taylor Swift one coming that I'm actually going to watch. Uh, mm -hmm. Billie Eilish, who I'm, you know, I, I don't, I'm not supposed to like her music. Billy's eyelashes. Yes. I'm not really supposed to like her music just because I'm not the target market, but I like, you know, I like her partnership with Photoshop, which is a program I teach. So I'm kind of excited about that. And there's a new notorious BIG one that just came out that I haven't had a chance to watch it. So yeah, I saw that on, I've seen on some Netflix, right? It's, it's good. 
Wow. I hated Notorious B.I.G. I, there's, oh man, I, I was, ooh, this movie will make you not hate him. I, I didn't this like him back in the day when he was alive. I, I started liking him after he passed away, not because he passed away, just because. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I, I hated him. <laughs> yeah, I, I hated him back in the day because for some of the reasons that Rob has mentioned with um, glorifying crime, where I thought mm-hmm. that a lot of his songs glorified crime, like, you know, shoot this person and get a boat uh, kind of yeah. thing. I'm not, then... <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing at the glorification of crime. I'm laughing about uh, never before seen footage of when he's talking about that in the okay. same breath saying, yeah, my mom really doesn't like that shit. It's so fucking good. Excuse my language. But yeah, we I mean, I, I guess we might have to talk about it. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna start I didn't watching like that. his association with other artists, mm-hmm. specifically P Diddy, because I didn't think P Diddy was very good. Anyway, yeah. sorry. No, no, no. Is it, you're, yeah, I mean, you're right. There's, there, I'll, I'll, I can, I'll get to tell some mom stories back when we, when we cover that, because there's been some, there was some interesting mom stories back in the day involving P Diddy. So, really, uh, not that. I mean, I'm overselling it. It's not that. Just uh, P Diddy and your mom, huh? Yeah, when P, yeah, P. Diddy and my mom. Way back. Yeah, no, my, my mom, of course, likes R&B music. And back when, you know, she was turning whatever, however old she was back then, everyone and their brother decided, basically looked at the music charts and just were buying her P. Diddy tapes. So my, my you know, oh. 45, 50-year-old Jewish mother in Boca has like a crap load of P. Diddy tapes and is like, what the hell am I going to do with this? Because she liked, you know, back then she liked En Vogue and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, well, what else? We might talk about in Vogue later. We yeah. might. Yeah. So anyway, uh, one other little thing. I know Jimmy hates them and hates live music, but um, Pink Floyd is releasing, finally, I've been waiting to hear this show, uh, their 1990 Nebworth show, which is the big uh, concert in England, one of them, where they play the small town of Nebworth. Uh, they closed out a show, uh, meaning that they basically opening for them. They had Paul McCartney, Genesis, Eric Clapton, Elton John, Tears for Fears, Robert Plant, and Jimmy Page. And they apparently blew everyone off the stage. Uh, and the show has never really been released or remastered, so it is coming out soon. Uh, Michael Kamen from the San Francisco Orchestra. Uh, Michael Caine. Not Michael Caine, Michael Kamen. Oh, damn. Yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> and uh, Candy Dolfer, who is uh, known for her... She was yeah. a saxophone player. Which I somehow remembered this. I'd forgotten her up until I read her name, and I'm, as soon as I heard the name Candy Dolfer, I remembered Sexuality, her first album, mm. the sexually enthused uh, uh, sax album. Okay. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. Um, it's a it's a a, oh, uh, right. I, <laughs> it's a festival I, show. I don't hate live music. You I'm hate not, live albums. I'm a not a big fan of live albums. Yeah. Hmm. I do have one extra little thing to throw in there. We had talked about games earlier. I had an opportunity to try out the demo for the new Square Enix game, Outriders. Um, I, I believe I told you guys about it. It's a it's a third-person shooter, and it's kind of a mix between, I believe they say, Destiny, Division, oh, you and... Did. What? Yeah, you did mention that. Okay, yeah. Uh, Destiny, Division, and uh, Gears of War. And I got an opportunity to try out the demo on PlayStation. It's actually a lot of fun, and I'm really liking the gameplay for it. It's actually due out next month, April 1st of 2021. So, sure. And if you pre if you pre purchase it, you get to keep all of your progress from the demo. So you can uh, what, what is it? You can, what's that? What does it pull from Gears of War? What does it pull from Gears of War? Um. The my friend that I was playing with, because I didn't play a whole lot of Gears of War, but my friend that I was playing with says that the controls are very much like the Gears of War. Um, there's a lot of like um, running back, running to cover, u- utilizing cover. Um, a lot of the actions that they do, uh, he says, are pulled from Gears of War. Uh, yeah, that's what I was hoping because I, I love that mechanic. The running to cover. Yeah, yeah. It it actually plays very nicely, and it's got so far it's got a decent story, and it looks really pretty. The, uh, the game is very well designed. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I will very likely be buying it once it's released. 
Yeah, it it looks it's kind of from the same perspective of Gears of War. The camera kind of moves the same way. It it kind of bounces and shakes. I had to turn that shit off though. I it makes me nauseous. I can't look at that shit. Mm. I gotta have a static camera. But so far, I'm very much enjoying it, and I will very likely be buying it when it comes out. And you can you can play with up to two other friends, so you can have a squad of three people. Looks uh, looks good. Yeah. Maybe someday when I uh, finish any of the like eight games I've sitting around that I have to finish, then uh, I will get in on that as well. Yeah. But that one you could we could actually play together, Greg. Yeah. Rather than going outside where there's lots of weird ass Florida people. I know. They're always doing something stupid. Oh, man. Speaking of Florida people doing stupid stuff. Guys, this week's Florida Man is an update. Mm. of Florida Man that we previously covered. <laughs> Do tell. And that Florida Man is Mr. Alex Bonilla. He is 51 years old. Now, is he the guy that ran down the street with the penis? Yeah. <laughs> He is! I remember it! He is. <laughs> the man who tied up his wife's lover, held him at gunpoint, and cut off his penis with a pair of scissors. Oh, God. Shit. Has been sentenced. Oh. Alex Bonilla to community will serve service. 20 years. Oh, shit. On charges of aggravated battery. Burglary while armed, kidnapping to inflict bodily harm, and uh, aggravated assault with a firearm. He was Penis also sentenced. in there related to mutilation or dismembering? Um, not that uh, I dismembering. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, we need to do a game of all of the Florida man names and see if we can guess what they did. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll never remember. I just got one point. That's awesome. I can't believe I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Despite the pleas from the family, uh, requesting leniency in the case, the judge, uh, was not swayed. Uh, records show that Bonilla, as Rob said, uh, took the severed appendage and ran off across the street uh, he discovered the victim was having sex with his wife for about, about two months prior to that. Uh, not only uh, will he serve 20 years in prison, he has also been ordered to pay more than $251,000. So, to reattach uh, the dude's penis. I mean, court fees, penis reattaching fees. Uh, he will be in jail... For a very long time, he will get out a very, very old man. And uh, looks like you got what you deserved, short of having your own penis cut off. I mean, I, I'm not sure which way that would go in prison when somebody asks him, what are you in here for? And look at him crazy and be like, I cut a dude's dick off. And you'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well yeah. all right then. Social distance in the showers around this guy. Right? Especially when on shaving day. Uh-uh. And see, I that's something I never really understood. When you catch your spouse cheating with someone, why is everybody's first intention to hurt the person they're cheating with? It's like, no, your spouse is the one who's doing it. Why are you blaming the person that they're cheating with? Yeah, or just at that, point, at that point you just kind of leave. Yeah. yeah, I'm like just all right. And and if it's a, if it's a if it's a relationship that you've been in for a long time, uh, take some pictures, take some video, and then you have that in court, so you won't be uh, you know. So he can't pull a shaggy. Yeah, instead of just it wasn't me, lopping <laughs> the ding dong off, and then you're going to jail. Yeah. Okay, thank yep, you, there you go. Uh, Florida guy. So we yeah. got lots of other stuff to talk about here. What do we do? Um, I want I... to talk about... No, you shush. Me first. <laughs> Holy Damn. shit. Damn. 
I think we should talk about Nomadland. Okay. No, <laughs> I think I we should talk about how people can join us. I think you'll go first, Greg. Okay. Uh, well, I guess I, let's talk about how people can join us. That type of witty banter that you just heard of Jimmy telling me to shush. You could see that typed out in long form by joining our chat room. In which Jimmy wow, that sounds so appealing. I know, where Jimmy constantly shut, shuts down mine and Rob's wonderful ideas, like doing an entire episode on Deep Throat, <laughs> which it wasn't a real idea. I don't, I, I don't understand why Jimmy didn't like that idea. I, I did put kidding in the actual idea. But anyway, you can do that by becoming a patron of our show and going to give me five podcast. Uh, Patreon.com slash give me five podcast. Whatever. Yeah. Find us um, the internet and shit. Yeah. And uh, not very much money for that type of entertainment. It's $5 a month, and you get to be part of our chat room. You get to you know, talk about new stuff that's coming out. You get to, in some way, form the show. There's uh, witty banter. You find out about new games and trailers and all sorts of fun stuff there. And, of course, you help the show. And occasionally uh, giveaways, uh, as promised. The Shark Attack 3-pack is going to be on its way to our newest patron, Mr. Scott. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, He's, he's going to get that, open it up, look at it for one second, and then cancel. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I can't believe they sent me this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Check us out. He's going to build a hydraulic catapult and launch it back to us. I hope so. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would. Uh, also, we have some uh, higher levels, like the uh, patron of, the, of I always mess this up, of unusual size, uh, Alec, there you who go. Uh, has had to, had a chance to uh, curate his own show, as well as he gets to check out the show notes and a bunch of other little things as well. And we thank him as well. So so what are we talking about? You, you said you wanted yeah. to go first. I want to talk about the film Nomadland, which was released on February 19th in the year of our Lord, 2021. <laughs> the film won the award for best motion picture for drama uh, at the Golden Gloves Club. Gloves. Yep. The Golden Gloves. Uh, it's a boxing film. No, uh, the Golden Globe Awards. This year, which uh, I, you know, look, I don't put too much into those. Uh, we've talked about it before. It's a bunch of, you know, rich Hollywood people blowing smoke up each other's asses. Mm -hmm. But you really have to give credit where it's due. And this film, I believe, is deserving of all the accolades it's received. It's directed by Chloe Zhao. Uh, it is currently on Hulu. Now, I, I'm not too sure where else you can stream it. I'm sure you can get it through Amazon. Uh, the synopsis of the film is as follows. A woman in her 60s, played by Frances McDormand, Byrne, uh, who, after losing everything in the Great Recession, embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. So... Uh, you find out early on in the film that the gypsum mine that her uh, husband was employed at shut down, and that mine uh, basically supported a town. All of the town's folk in Empire, Nevada worked at that mine, so the closing of that mine closed the city, the very small town, basically. With that, she goes on to live in her van, uh, travels around, holds seasonal jobs, and uh, meets a, a, a very colorful cast of characters along the way, which I think really add a lot of different angles to this film. She meets people who are much older she meets some um, what are very obviously actual travelers. Uh, this movie does one of those things like the Florida Project did. Did either of you see that? No. So the Florida Project, a, a masterpiece starring Willem Dafoe, um, 
takes a lot of people who I wouldn't say are professional actors. They're just people going about their lives and their everyday and integrates them into the film. As this film does. So whether it's Amazon factory workers or it's people at campgrounds or it's actual travelers, I'm not, I think the term drifter is offensive, but um, I, I don't think trust like to be, they won't be around long enough to be offended. Yeah. They'll uh, end up in Kerwin's backyard. Uh, or Greg's freezer. <laughs> Or Greg's freezer. Exactly. Not this Greg. A different Greg who's definitely not me in any way at all. Yes. Now, I thought the premise of this sound sent the fan. I thought the premise of this movie sounded cool. I was not... I, I went in with really no other um, idea ideas about the film other than that it was about a woman living in her van uh, living the nomad lifestyle I have been watching a lot of tiny house hunters lately a lot of uh, tiny house building shows I'm not going to build a tiny house I'm just building a shed but uh, I'm fascinated by that type of lifestyle having uh, really no permanent home and living off the grid, so to speak. I think it's masterfully done, uh, beautifully shot, and uh, a very touching story, and very touching stories from the people that Fern, our main character, encounters as well. Uh, the film has been dedicated to the memory of a production sound mixer on the film who passed away at the too young age of 35, Michael Wolf Snyder, rest in peace. Um, if that film, if uh, traveling, camping, anything like that sounds uh, like your cup of tea, then uh, definitely check it out. I think it's it's one of those that's actually actually worth the. Uh, so, so what does it lean into? Does it lean more into the survival stuff? Does it lean more into no. the, the dusty drifter stuff? The uh, it, wacky craziness stuff? Not, I mean, it, it's, it, it really is about being self-sufficient. Um, but it, it's more about going on a, a, a journey to discover yourself. Uh, and then it's never too late in life to do that. And uh, it, it does, there are some, hey, you know, there are some wacky type of people. And it also kind of goes inside uh, uh, on the inside of some of these, um, I guess, gatherings of, of different peoples. And... Does it does it follow her through the elder community where she parks and tries to pick up old men? Mm. Yeah, it's not a story based on your life. So, no. Or the or the Florida man of last week. Or the Florida guy from last week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Um uh, it, it does not, but because uh, it, it really sounds like he fits in this category. He, yeah, the guy that uh, the the Florida man that, that was... moved his van throughout the villages. Ah, uh, yes. Well, uh, he may be a background character. I don't know, but he he is not up front. He is uh, hiding in the shadows, watching and waiting. So, <laughs> uh, no Medland, check it out. Highly recommend it. Just like not me before a... I fill up my freezer full of drifters hiding in the shadows. Somebody... I was telling somebody about it, and they were like, is this going to be my once-a-month cry-my-eyes-out film? And I said, yeah, probably. So uh, it's not a... Don't sit down with popcorn going, oh, yeah, here we go. It's not a party film. Uh, it's a it's a very, very good film. Hmm. Nice. Rob, you read a book. Again. I, did. Rob, I listened to a book. So I listened to a happen. lot of books. You're going to talk about that book because I, as I mentioned to you frequently, am on a diuretic and I'm going to mute myself and go I take care of some things. I say because Greg has diarrhea. No. He does have diarrhea. I do Very not. explosive. We're going to talk about Greg's diarrhea for the entire time that he's draining the weasel. Fair enough. Butt weasel. His butt weasel. Draining the butt weasel. 
Is that where the weasel like burrows into his anus and he like poops out? Bl- that man. Wow. It got, <laughs> it got really graphic really quick. What the hell? I don't know. Oh. I'm a little frightened. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and talk about my book. There, the third book in the series that I have recently discovered by author Michael G. Manning was released on April 15th of 2020, but it was just released on Audible in February of this year. So, uh, February 16th, I believe it was released on Audible and I listened to it. And the narrator is excellent. He's very engaging. I, I like him a lot in these books and that's Tim Gerard Reynolds. Um, the synopsis is the, the looming war with Darrow has faded to a distant shadow, but Will's continued studies at Worthaven are disrupted by an unforeseen threat. Celine's absence has raised suspicion among her friends and Will's father-in-law, the king, who is now directing his ire at the obvious culprit, his daughter's new husband. Meanwhile, the citizens of Seria have been have begun disappearing, and a shadowy figure is stalking Will's sister, Laina. And my my initial thoughts on this are that just like that. This is this is quickly becoming one of my favorite series. I am really enjoying this series. There's, like I said, there's only three books so far in this series, and I can't wait for the next one. It's the mm-hmm. story is very well written. The characters are relatable and likable. The villains are believable. I mean, it's not like something so ridiculous. His victories are creative without kind of being, you know, so convoluted that you can't imagine the logic jump required to get there. And in this one, Will finds himself facing off against a growing brood of vampires. And and I was completely riveted for the entire story. I mean, this was one of those books that I found myself sitting in my car for extra time listening to the book. I found myself skipping watching TV or playing games to listen to more of the book. I even tried to put it on a couple of times before I fell asleep to listen to it and ended up having to rewind it because I'm like, oh shit, how did I get here? How did I get here? (laughs) So the, and the, the villain in this one provided a, a, a clear and present danger enough that he, it was able to divert him from his ongoing feud with his quote unquote nemesis that he's pledged to kill. And I just, I just can't recommend this series enough. I'm really, really enjoying it. He's like I said, he's a great writer and the narrator is excellent. I, I've enjoyed everything. I mean, all right. So there has been like one or two things that I get mad at. I'm like, why would you do that? That doesn't make sense. Why? But Ultimately, the stories are well worth the time investment, and I would highly recommend this series to anybody who is interested in like the magic fantasy genre. And the series is actually called Art of the Adept. I, I think I hang. I'm sorry. I think Greg forgot to to turn his mic off. Um, he forgot to turn it back oh. on. He's still muted. Oh. See, see, see what you're doing there. Oh God, Greg! Oh, oh, was there, oh was God! That a turkey sound. That's gobble, a... gobble, motherfucker! <laughs> oh, I was not pooping, people. Mm-hmm. No, you were not peeing, pooping, people. Uh, you were just pooping, peeing to save my life. Uh huh. Sure. And this is one that I've actually recommended to both of you, and I, I, I look forward to actually hearing what you guys think of it because I really like this series. And the names won't make me angry. Well, no, I don't think they will because it's just Will. Will is the main character. There are supporting characters, but they're not difficult. Ethereal. No. no. Like just Ethereal. Yeah, no, just the, I don't know. It's that that elvish kind of sounding names makes me want to punch elves. Uh, Actually, there's something. Uh, the, our movie we're going to talk about next makes me want to punch every fairy tale creature. <laughs> every, oh God. every fantasy creature will die by my hand. This is how villains come up when we talk about uh, the side B movie that Jimmy picked because of my stupid mouth. Your fault, homie. Yep. You and your stupid mouth. <laughs> Interesting. So it's uh okay. So it just and it just came out and you already finished it. So that really does speak to how much you enjoyed it. I did very much. Cool. Well, I think we are going to have time to talk about Raya. Is that a thing we can do without spoiling it for Jimmy? You absolutely can do it. 
Okay, so we weren't really sure we were going to do this. So I do have a little bit of notes on this, but um, we'll just talk off the cuff. Raya and the Last Dragon uh, came out on Disney Plus and in theaters uh, last Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, directed by Don Hall, Carlos Lopez Estrada, and a couple people whose names are hidden behind the the click on IMDb. Uh, starring the voices of Kelly Marie Tran. Who is? Raya. Oh, no, and I mean, uh, Rose is Rose. Yes, Rose from Star Wars. I yeah. was like, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Aquafina, Isaac mm-hmm. Wong, Gemma Chan. There's a lot of people from uh, Crazy Rich Asians, Asians in this, which makes sense considering where it's kind of set. Uh, Daniel Day Kim, Benedict Wong, Sandra Oh, a lot of, uh, and Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk is Tuck Tuck. Yep. Yep. Uh, so you know, we'll be talking about him in the near future. I just haven't found a place to, to put that. But anyway, Rob, what'd you think? You're the Disney person. Did you see it at home or in the theater? We saw it in the theater and okay. we, we really enjoyed it. Even though there was a kid next to us that wouldn't shut up. That's good. Cause I went to the theater dressed as a kid and I just talked throughout the whole movie. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and I don't understand why, even in today's COVID that parents think it's okay to go to a movie, even if it's a kid's movie. I mean, I understand it's a kid's movie and you're going to deal with kids and sometimes kids will talk. I kid you not. This is, this was one of those kids that stood up and walked around the aisle during the movie, did not sit down for the entire movie, was holding onto the chair in front of them and, and talking for the whole time and was talking really loud to her parents. I'm like, would you shut the hell up? I'm like, if you're going to go to a movie, you should at least be able to sit there and watch the movie. Yeah. She did not pay attention to the movie whatsoever. And I'm like, look, I paid for this movie too. I mean, I I get it's a kid's movie, but your kid should at least watch the movie. Yeah. She did not sit down for the entire movie, was walking back and forth, picking stuff up, playing with her video games. I'm like, dude, really? Really? So... You mentioned something that brought up something that I thought about about three quarters of the way through the movie. This is one of those animated movies that when some of the action sequences were happening, there's a little part of me that was like, I kind of wish this was a live action movie. Really? Like, or, or maybe not in live action, but I kind of wished it was a PG-13 movie. Because some of the action sequences were good, but they had to mute them. Um, you know, make them slightly less violent, Which, but I was like... I don't know. I, I actually also enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I thought it was um, it was beautiful in general, both both story wise, but also just the way it looked. Like the water was incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. We we watched it at home, so as well, you guys know because I've sent pictures out. We um, I put a screen in my backyard and got a projector, and we just we just have like you know the AMC at the house, so we play it. I brought drag out the little Amazon Fire box thing and uh you know it just it's fun you know we we make popcorn we sit outside uh we have a little fire pit thing and it was really uh so yeah i I very i very much liked the the way they separated the world so the 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 early part of the story the lore behind this whole world is that um there were dragons they were different than our typical uh the eastern or western western style dragons Mm mm-hmm where they're they're more kind of spirit animal friendly type creatures, um, right? But they're also more the uh, the the Southeast Asian uh, image of dragons, the long snake like dragon. Yeah, without uh, without wings, you know. Right. My, my child, as he was watching, it was like the difference between these dragons and the other ones is they don't have wings and they do this and that. And he was kind of he was also the child talking during the movie, but you know, it wasn't bothering. But others. it was at home, so it was okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's that type of dragon. I, I actually, you know, it's funny. I, Aquafina drives me nuts. Like when she's acting in something. Mm-hmm. But her voice, she's been in two animated show things recently. She was, um, she's in this. She plays the dragon. And I actually really liked her in that. And she was in uh, something her, else. Her voice actually, I think, lends itself very well to doing voiceover work because her voice is very animated. Yeah. 
Oh, and she's in the SpongeBob movie, which I just watched. Her voice is very expressive. It's very distinctive too. I mean, you can pick out Aquafina, Aquafina's voice from from just about anything. Yeah, it's but her her voice is very expressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she is a natural fit to do voiceover work for any of these animated cartoons. Yeah. And did you notice? Did you did you feel like the animated version of her character actually kind of looked like her? The yeah, human version. Bit. Yeah, I was like, God, it kind of looks like Aquafina. <laughs> I like when they do that. When the animators will will get some live action stuff to kind of tie it in. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, I just I thought it was a really enjoyable watch. It's you know because I I got it early on Disney Plus, I have the ability to watch it again, and I think it's definitely something. Just the fact how it looks, I feel like I'm just going to put it on in the background at times mm-hmm. and just watch it. It's it's know. very pretty. Mm-hmm. Very pretty. So the the story is that basically the dragons sacrifice themselves to save mankind from a growing invasion or uh, the evil invasion from these like magical creatures or whatever. Yeah. And they're gone. And then something ha- and that, you know, they leave their legacy behind. Something happens. Humans fight like they always do and ends up bringing the the magical nemesis back, except this time there's no dragons to protect them. Mm-hmm. And the the dragon that everyone has always worshipped isn't what you would call the best dragon. No. So there's a little bit of which that I like that I love, aspect of the story. I love how she talks about it, too. You know how like when you do a group project and there's that one person <laughs> who doesn't really do anything, but since they're part of the group, they turn in the assignment and everybody gets the same grade anyway. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> All right. And uh, just that, I, yeah, I really like that. I, I enjoyed it. I love Tuck Tuck. You know, Tuck Tuck was genetically engineered to sell stuffed animals, if that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have one question though. Yes, with Tuck Tuck, he's a roly poly. How does he get stuck on his back? He is a combination of things. Actually, I looked it up to see. Right. If, like, so but he is part roly poly, part pug, and part armadillo. And pugs do get stuck on their back. Right, but he can roll into a ball. Ah, yeah. How does he get stuck on his back? He was a baby with the time. He didn't know. No, it happened when he was big, too. Remember, she said, you're getting too big for this, bud. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, it is. it was interesting that he got that big. I was like, wow, they really went and uh, kind of ruined the cuteness when well, he gets... needed him out, so... Yeah, true. And a tuk-tuk is, of course, named after uh, the little carts that are in in uh, Southeast Asia. I believe I found because when I was looking up tuk-tuk to see what the hell kind of animal he was, I got a lot of pictures of uh, little like carts. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So, yeah, and I want to know how that saddle stayed up. <laughs> Either way, I, I like this. It was fun. Kids are gonna like it. Kids did like it. You know, caught their imagination, except for that one little kid in Rob's theater. But I don't think we have to worry about her anymore because I think Rob made her disappear. I might have. <laughs> but it's a really cute movie. It the the villain at times kind of made me question. It it, it was the the villain was one of those blind villains where they did everything you know simply because they were the villain. I think, um, even though it didn't really make sense. Which one? The, the, the female character? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it was more a villain of these people have what I don't have. And it clearly it's their fault for taking it from me in a way early on. But there, there's some changes in there. Right. Well, but but even later on, when when she had decided that she's like, Oh, well, you know, we could, we could, you know, work together and save the world. But, you know, then where would that leave us? We would be the tribe that brought about the end of the world. We're only going to save the world if we're the ones responsible for it. So F you go away. It's like, what? That, that doesn't make sense. Okay. Villains are going to do what villains do. Yeah. Jimmy, are you back on? Guys, see it. Uh, see it in theater. See it on Disney Plus. If you see it on Disney Plus now, you get to see it forever, and it'll eventually be on there anyway. If you want to wait, and if you're looking for a decent experience, you can go to the theater. Theaters are still social distancing, and it will be cheaper. We got in for two of us at like eighteen bucks. Nice. 
and you know to get it on disney plus is 30 at least until it comes out free so I we have it in my local socially distanced theater so i think we uh we've got one more thing to talk about here yes we do uh jimmy do you want to do that yeah i'd love to and that last thing that we're talking about last but certainly not least is the new Amazon exclusive coming to America? Two. Two. Dose. America. Released on March 5th of this year. Directed by Craig Brewer. The film stars Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, Eddie Murphy, Jermaine Fowler, Arsenio Hall. Arsenio Hall, Tracy Morgan, and Wesley Snipes. Leslie Jones and Arsenio Hall. And the African monarch Akeem learns he has a long-lost son in the United States, a bastard prince, and must return to America to meet his unexpected heir and build a relationship with his son. Yes, of course, James Earl Jones as well guys what so, let, so first of all oh let's we'll start with that then i've got some little bit of information about this movie that i found out today so uh, i loved it i was excited about it um eddie murphy is one of my favorite comedic actors and comedians and when i knew that this was going to be a thing i could not wait i put it in my calendar and then the night it came out i was ready to watch it and my wife half asleep i was like hey do you have any interest in watching Coming to America? And she's like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Crap. Because she was like the Kool Aid Man. Yeah. Then she, oh, yeah. she burst through a wall, which is weird. <laughs> so that took, knocked out our internet when she broke through the wall. So I actually did not get a chance to watch it until, you know, for a couple days later. And I was, but very much enjoyed it. You know, I figured I was waiting, I had waited 30 years. So why not wait a few more days to watch it with my, uh, my wife? But it was, I, I loved it. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but I liked it. Or, but I loved it. No, it was great fan service, though. I mean, they brought back like everybody from the original yeah. movie. Yeah. Definitely yeah. a lot of fan service. I I would say. What'd you guys the, think? I I I enjoyed it very much. I mean, I thought it was funny. I thought it moved along really well. The story mm -hmm. was actually, you know, kind of not too complicated like you know sometimes with these sequels they get overly complicated and they overthink it. it it was it was what it was and they they did a good job with it moving it along the the actors were excellent everybody that they brought back for the entire movie i'm going oh look oh it's him oh it's them oh, oh it's I, and i i fucking lost it when sexual chocolate came on oh yeah, yeah. i did too <laughs> yeah. sexual chocolate yeah <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I didn't think I was going to laugh that hard. Um, but man, there were there were times that I had to pause the film because I knew very shortly into it that they were just going to keep happening. So I had to pause it. So I didn't miss the next joke. <laughs> because I was just in stitches with some of them. Oh, God, with... Um... Leslie Jones, <laughs> she was Dude, wafted. She stole it for me. I mean, she oh. was the funniest part about the movie, in my opinion. But the the scene that you're talking about, man, she said, I uh, hope you like pumpkin pie because you're going to get a whole slice. And then she's <laughs> standing there with the pumpkin pie candle underneath her skirt and just kind of like wafting it towards Akeem, I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. was very early in the film. The okay, so here here's some some stuff that I kind of learned. So they it took them four years to write this movie. And it was of course supposed to come out I think a little sooner, but you know, COVID, et cetera, et cetera. Uh Eddie Murphy came up with the idea and then kind of wrote out the the framework. It it did start. It was written with the idea of of Leslie Jordan. That is, no, is it not Leslie Jordan. Uh, Tracy Mor Tracy Morgan. Jesus Christ, Leslie Jordan. Yeah. Tracy Leslie Morgan, Morgan being his son. 
uh-huh. and it was, and it also had some talk about maybe Eddie Murphy's character wanting to like marry more women in um, overseas. Zabunda. In Zabunda. Yes. So they, and then he's like, well, crap, I can't do that. Cause that makes me a dipshit villain. So they did send it to the original writers who kind of worked on it. And then it went back to Eddie Murphy to add the jokes. And then they sent it to the, the writing team from the show blackish to actually modernize the pacing of the movie. And I thought this movie made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, but what Rob said, they didn't outthink the room. It was like, okay. And not, and they had a really hard time getting everything to work. But then um, Eddie Murphy actually saw the uh, Terminator movie that had the de-aged Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. And he mm-hmm. was, he was looking at it. He's like, shit, we can change the story of coming to America by de-aging ourselves and going back to that club that was where they were dating people and having them actually hook up that. Yeah. And that completely made the movie work. Mm-hmm. So they were, that was actually de-aged versions of themselves. I was like, is that extra footage? Cause it looked great. Yeah, it did. So, you know, it, it, I thought that whole aspect was awesome. Um, and then, so the, uh, we kind of went into the story of it, you know, it's, Basically, uh, he, uh, the king of Zamunda is passing and, uh, he has his funeral while he's still alive. Yeah, that, that was, was great. <laughs> it was funny. It was a little, I, I was like, eh, I don't care for this so much because. <sighs> but then it became an actual funeral and it was like, oh, yeah, because well, but... what's, because what's his face is older. And we've had, we've been like shocked so many times all these like fan favorite actors passing away. <laughs> That it was like, uh, um, yeah, he, I don't want to see James Earl Jones die. I love him. Yeah, he's ninety, and I was like, uh, I, that's that's probably gonna happen soon. Sorry yeah. to say it, I'm so sorry, but uh, yeah, I was just like, Ugh. hope we don't we didn't just kill James Earl Jones. That's oh, I will hate you guys. And there is, of course, a, a warring African nation next Doria. That wants it, <laughs> of course, uh, in the original movie. And I, I, oh, I could not stand the name Nextoria, but then it grew on me, I guess. It was just too easy. But, you know, they, they were, he was supposed to marry the, the sister of the leader of Nextoria and didn't. And it, I believe he had, <laughs> she came back and was still barking. Yeah, still barking like a dog because of the first, because of the first movie, which I had forgotten about that too. Yeah. I forgot about that. I forgot about the McDougals, like not all of it, but you know, the owner and stuff like that. I forgot McDowell's, about you mean? Yeah, McDowell's. I'm, yeah, see, I'm not doing names. It's too early. The McFlurby. <laughs> McFlurby. <laughs> uh, they, yeah. uh, yeah. So anyway, they, there's this like sub sub story of, so Eddie Murphy's character is the prince. He's going to become the king. They kind of think of him as weak because he's only had daughters. Uh, uh, the head of uh, the leader of Nextoria is uh, General Izzy. And that was my favorite part of the whole movie. I thought Wesley Snipes was I, great. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people say that. And if there were any question, man, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I said an interview with him or something, something recently. And I was like, Oh yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe he is a little too old to play blade, you know, but no dude's in great shape. He looks great. He was amazing. And I'm like, I mean, maybe he could maybe. still do it. He, he, I he could. I found myself smiling uncontrollably when he was on the screen. He was there. so ridiculous and over the top. Yeah, oh, it was great. And I forgot how good of a comedic actor he is. God, yes. Well, yeah, he I mean, he is. You do forget that because I see him as Blade. Mm-hmm. But he was also Noxima in Tu Wong Fu. I mean, hilarious like he's he's pretty multifaceted yeah mm-hmm. um so ah, man but can, yeah just the can he be played <laughs> can we like well the, there's been a lot of talk with him recently and you know he he absolutely i think we mentioned it here no, he gave yeah, he, Ali his blessing he was like yeah, that's yeah. his character now do with it what he wants and that's just a, that's just a cool attitude it is he's a cool dude 
Yeah. Um, I just want more Wesley Snipes. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think we might get some after this. He was just that the, there's one point when he like when he reappears. I believe he reappears in the courtroom because he, they find out that the sun there is a sun coming over from America, and he, he brings his uh, his daughter to marry in to this whole thing. And just the way he mm-hmm. he appears and like there's a little smile and like the camera focuses in on this like gleaming tooth. Oh yeah, yep, yep. I was like, yeah, it was awesome. It was great. So, uh, in addition to his performance and Leslie Jones and just all around the all around hilarity and just kind of good natured humor in this. Um, one of my, I'm a hug you, Quain, because I'm a hugger. That's one of my I slept with my your man. <laughs> one of my absolute favorite parts of this was when they were showing the extent of Izzy's kingdom uh, and his his army. Their training methods were uh, very reminiscent of a uh, a, uh, a loaded weapon or a, uh, a top. Now go play with your grenades. <laughs> well, they're <laughs> but they do this little. They're showing the outside of the of of you know his palace and his army preparing. And there's a bunch of dudes standing around. A bunch of big dudes standing around with shake weights. And then there are a couple of them playing, <laughs> playing Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah. And I fell off my chair. <laughs> Just hilarious. This, this was, man, I, I, this was the, the comedy in the, in the last that I needed, you know, um, it was just fun. Mm-hmm. It did bring us back to the hair salon, which love those guys. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> they were they were uh you know they threw out their customary um uh hellos when he walks in the door he's like oh look it's kunta kunta <laughs> and and all the other ones and then the dude sitting in the chair goes hey it's them babies with the flies on their face and everybody in the barber shop was like whoa 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 <laughs> no whoa. You, you done took it too far that's yeah that's insensitive you got to get out of my chair. Oh, God. Eddie okay, Murphy, just Eddie Murphy being Eddie Murphy in this. Mm-hmm. The the many faces of Eddie Murphy. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just what he does best and he hasn't done for such a, a long time. And uh, it's just refreshing. Uh, six years. Dude still got it. Yeah, six years. Uh, he stopped doing movies uh, six years ago. Though He did the, the Dolomite movie. The reason why they, I so the reason I know a lot of this stuff, and you guys w- might want to listen to this on the um, the WTF with Mark Maron episode um, this week. Uh, he did he interviewed Eddie Murphy, and it's a it's a comedian talking to a comedian about his past, and it's very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, those episodes are only yeah. yes, no, just WTF. Oh. Okay, but. Uh, they're only available, I think, for about a month or so. So, if you guys want, if anyone out there wants to listen to it, I highly suggest it. But he was saying that when they when they asked why did you walk away from filmmaking six years ago, he basically said because I made a bunch of shitty movies. And he said when you start getting Razzies for worst actor of the decade and worst actor ever and some shit, as he said, then you take a break. And I took a break for a year, and then all of a sudden, I it was six years later, and I was like, am I going to really go down being known? as the last thing I did, you know, being the worst actor of the, of the decade. Yeah, there were a lot of dead there, and uh, Pluto Nash. And yeah, Pluto Nash, probably. Dave. Yeah, I liked Life. Well, um, Life was before those. Yeah. Life, Life was out uh, L- well, late 90s. It was like 98, yeah. 99. But, um, you know, and he, he took a break and came back in a big way. Um, his actual daughter is in this, so he was very emotional about that. It's the first time his daughter has ever really worked with him in Hollywood. She was, Which she played the, was she? Uh, the middle daughter. Oh, okay. The one with the glasses. Yeah. That's his actually, yeah, it's his real life daughter. And he had kept her out of Hollywood for on purpose. And then finally she was like, yeah, he, from what I heard, he made her like, she had to get that role. She couldn't, mm-hmm. she didn't, um, it wasn't just like, Oh yeah, this is my movie. You can be in it. It was like, no, you're going through casting. <laughs> She did great. She did, yeah. she did just fine in it. Yeah. She was the least memorable of the three daughters, though. Yeah, she was she was 
she wasn't the the most active one. There was like the young spunky one uh, who had the kind of sweet little moment where she was uh, preparing the new prince and educating him a bit. And then you had the, uh, you know, his eldest daughter destined to be queen. Um, if law allowed, she, yeah. if law allowed is what I said. Uh, and then the middle part where she was just kind of there and it was fine. You know, the, I just have to mention Popoto, who was the sister of, of, uh, or the, the daughter of the daughter uh, of Izzy and her, um, Popoto apparently means, uh, argumentative <laughs> in, in, uh, whatever language they were pulling it from mm-hmm. just made me laugh the um and Played her Tiana taylor yeah and her appearance was to get off <laughs> which i loved i loved that whole prince thing uh now you 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 mentioned rob the the daughter king queen thing um i did hear some complaints and they're not they weren't over the top complaints because every single person that made this complaint liked the movie Mm-hmm. And the problem was I heard one of the people complain about it before I saw it saying that w- if the story was about him and his daughter and his daughter rising to power, why was the whole movie about him and his son? And I did think that there was a little bit of, there was probably a little too much, even though the dude that played his son was awesome. I do think yeah. pro- there probably should have been more interaction between him and his daughters rather than everything kind of happening in a vacuum. Um, yeah. And I, I can see where people would feel that way, but ultimately I did see it as him realizing that he had been neglecting them and that he had been overlooking them, so to speak, and that she was very capable. Yeah. And in the end, he did what he knew to be right and changed the law so that she could, in fact, inherit the throne. Yeah. And he because, named her his successor. Because my, oh, spoiler, my thought, spoiler. Yeah. Because my thought was what would you take out? Because if you if you do that, if you do change it, you're going to lose some really funny bits. And that's in itself. Right. It's a comedy movie. So because well, he, it, I mean, the movie is him reconnect or him connecting with his son that he didn't know about, mm-hmm. but at the cost of his current family. And in the end, he realizes that he realizes, you know, his current his current daughter should, in fact, inherit the throne since she's been training for it. Mm-hmm. And he realizes the mistake of his actions throughout the movie. So in order for that to actually mean something, he had to actually make those mistakes during the movie. Yeah. So, like I said, the people that I I heard this from, uh, they're people I I know that are pretty good critics of movies, but both of them are like, man, it was hilarious. You know, we're not, we're not picketing. (laughs) We're just, you know, it's just something that they noticed. Uh, I mean, I get that, but, and I, and I don't know because I, like I said, I saw it before I saw the movie. Would I have thought that had I not seen that and had it kind of painted in that thing? But, you know, of course, it's never going to be as good as the, the first one. Um, it is going to do some fan service stuff. But at the end of the day, it was very entertaining and it was exactly what I wanted at that time. And they did a lot of fan service stuff and oh, I yeah. loved every minute of it. Uh, favorite candy. My name show. is Peaches and I'm the best all ah, the DJs want to fill my breasts. That's. <laughs> I was saying favorite cameo and you started rapping it. I love that. Because they were just like, what the fuck? Because the two, the twins that they met at the speed dating who were doing that rap showed up at the end. And I was just yeah. like, yes, thank you. I'm done. That was awesome. I love it. Amazing. Yes, absolutely. And then sexual chocolate at the end. Mm. The Kembe Matumbo. <laughs> no, no, no. He was like, okay, Matumbo. And I was like, ah, that's good. Oh, wait, that's him. <laughs> right, that's exactly what I did. Oh, Jesus. It was the oh. angle it was shot at. He didn't look as tall as, like, he looked tall, but he didn't. Down. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so good. I recognized him as soon as he did the no, no, no. Yep. I was like, that, no, that sounded way too much like him. And then he said Matumbo, and I'm like, oh, it is him. <laughs> Yeah, God. Uh, I'm gonna watch it again. Yeah. Oh, my my other my favorite comedy bit. Not to throw this in there. The the birthday party at the beginning with uh with his son 
and that where his mom is talking about hooking up. And he's like, no, no, no one, on, no one wants this on their birthday. <laughs> She's talking no, about. Just like they cut to you know the everyone else sitting around. They're just like, <laughs> he <laughs> like, said he's thirty. He's thirty one. You better have thirty one candles. Well, there were only ten. Well, you better cut them in half. <laughs> There's still only twenty candles. <laughs> That's what she told. Like that's Eddie Murphy humor. Like you can tell. Yes. Like that whole sequence. Yeah. Anyway, watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. It's always going to be on Amazon Prime because it was funded by their. Uh, if you have not seen the original, what the hell is wrong with you? Stop listening to us. Go watch the original. Then yes, go watch yeah. this. Uh, come on over. You can watch it outside of my house. We'll fend the neighbors. Greg's I loved every minute of it. Yep. Or. <laughs> no. Uh, Rob, con what? Con how can people contact us to buy their ticket for watching the movie in my backyard? Well, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can contact us directly on the Give Me Five on Give Me Five Podcast .com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. You can email us directly, Give Me Five Podcast at Gmail .com. And please, guys leave us a review whatever app it is that you're using to listen to us it really helps us stand out it helps us move up it helps other people find us and helps us keep the lights on speaking of keeping the lights on if you'd like to support us you can also go to the give me five podcast.threadless.com website and pick up all of your give me five podcast swag we do have a couple of really nice designs up there you can get t-shirts you can get sh shower curtains to toilet seat covers sure Sure. We'll we'll try and add them. <laughs> I don't even remember what's on there. But I do love the shirts. We've got a couple of really great designs. Oh, phone cases. Yeah, you got phone cases. So please, guys, help us out. Leave us a review. Check out the site. And thank you for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and put your hands together for Jackson Heights' own Mr. Randy Watson. Sex you chocolate. There's a phone ringing in my house. Mm -hmm. That's annoying. So yeah, I uh, very i I enjoyed the story. I liked the way the world broke down. You know, mm -hmm. where they oh, damn it. <laughs> Craig is answering the phone. He got a phone call. It was probably from his attorney. Um, advising him what he needs to do next for uh, reporting to prison for lopping off that dude's penis. Or for uh, you singing, singing too good. Oh. Uh, you, you, well, my, my dream weaver was, was uh, problematic, huh? Yeah. You, you, you have to butcher it, I think, for us to be able to do it. And oh, okay. Now Greg's in trouble. Yes. Okay.